A recent poll conducted by Gallup found that 49% of Pakistani citizens have said that they will not get vaccinated against COVID. That seems like an awfully high number, doesn't it? Well, naturally, it turns out that there's a reason that that number is so high. Beginning in March 2011, the CIA, in its hunt for Osama bin Laden, conducted a fake vaccination campaign on the citizens of Abbottabad. Under the guise of a push to help eradicate hepatitis B, the CIA secretly harvested the DNA of their patients in an attempt to link the bin Laden family to the city. Today, I want to talk a little bit about that vaccination campaign and briefly touch on some other cases of unethical medical experimentation by the United States government. Now, this is unfortunately a very extensive subject, and so there are really innumerable things that I'd like to cover in this episode that, for time's sake, I won't be able to. And so, as usual, all of my sources and links for further reading can be found in the description. Thanks for tuning in this week. You're listening to Hidden History. I'm Ellis Tucci, and this is episode 105, CIA MD. Hidden History is always available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and www.hiddenhistory.show. Special thanks in this episode goes out to Mark Wolf, the show's newest contributor on Patreon. If you enjoy this episode or find it interesting, then consider subscribing or sharing with a friend. Heads up, I'm going to be out of town next weekend, so there will not be an episode next week. And with that, let's get on to the show. So there are three specific events that I want to make you aware of over the course of this episode. First, the aforementioned fake vaccination program. Then, the Cincinnati radiation experiments. And then, the Guatemala syphilis experiments. Like I said previously, these are just a small smattering of events pulled from a very large quantity of experiments, many of which you may know of, like the Tuskegee Syphilis Experiment, or the Atomic Energy Commission's radiation tests on unwitting native people. This is absolutely a topic that I would encourage you to research more on your own, because there's really an incredible amount out there. In 1966, army scientists released harmful pathogens into the New York City subway to test how far the bacteria spread. In 1964, Dr. Albert Kligman was paid $300,000 by the army to experiment on unknowing prisoners at Philadelphia's Holmesburg prison, creating new torture techniques and measuring how large of a psychoactive drug injection it took to make them permanently disabled. From 1948 to 1954, the federal government paid to have 500 Baltimore school children have radium rods inserted into their noses. In 1953, the Atomic Energy Commission experimented on pregnant women and newborn babies at the University of Iowa, injecting them with radioactive iodine without their knowledge. I think you might be getting the picture. So, let's talk about getting vaccinated for hepatitis B. In 2010, the United States government tracked an al-Qaeda messenger to a fortified compound in Abbottabad, Pakistan, which immediately became the top suspected location of Osama bin Laden. In the beginning of 2011, the CIA recruited a local doctor, Shaquille Afridi, who then arrived in Abbottabad in March, claiming that he had received generous funds for a hepatitis B vaccination program. In order to make the operation more believable, they began in the poorest parts of the city, 
and slowly worked their way towards the more affluent area where bin Laden was thought to be hiding, all the while collecting the DNA of their unwitting patients. In May 2011, the Navy SEALs launched an attack on the compound, killing bin Laden. In the wake of the successful raid, the vaccination campaign immediately stopped, in the process exposing itself as a CIA operation. The program's dissolution not only left every patient only partially vaccinated, which ended up leading to a resurgence of hepatitis B, but it caused an extreme paranoia about any and all vaccines, leading to the murders of dozens of women tasked with the distribution of the polio vaccine. As a result, Pakistan is one of only three countries on Earth not to have eradicated polio. Dr. Afridi was immediately arrested as a foreign spy, and in retaliation, Congress gutted aid to Pakistan. Pakistani doctors estimate that the CIA has set back vaccination efforts by nearly a decade. In 2014, the Obama White House announced that it would no longer use vaccine programs as covers for espionage. In the late 1950s, as the Cold War began to ramp up and the likelihood of nuclear conflict seemed to grow higher and higher, the Department of Defense wanted to find out how soldiers might function when exposed to such a blast. Eventually, the DOD decided to provide 11 years' worth of funding to Eugene Sanger, a radiologist from the University of Cincinnati. Sanger was referred a total of 90 patients, all with advanced forms of cancer, who would go on to be subjected to heinous radiation experiments without their knowledge or consent. To test the effects of radiation on the body, patients were either fully or partially exposed to incredibly large amounts of radiation at once, sometimes up to 300 rads, the equivalent of tens of thousands of x-rays. Within two months, 25% of the patients died. None would live longer than a year past their initial irradiation date. For the first five years of the experiment's duration, there were no written consent forms, and patients were not alerted to the true nature of their treatment. In 1965, Sanger and the other researchers began to use consent forms which did not describe the side effects of radiation exposure, and many next-of-kin claimed that the patient's signatures were forged. The Cincinnati radiation experiments were ultimately shut down due to pressure from Ted Kennedy in 1972, after the existence of the experiments had been revealed in a Washington Post article. In 1994, the University of Cincinnati, the city, and the surviving researchers were the subject of a civil human rights suit that was eventually settled for $4 million and the creation of a memorial plaque. None of the doctors who knowingly killed cancer patients ever faced any criminal charges, and outside of the monetary settlement, nobody has ever faced consequences for the experiments. In the first half of the 20th century, sexually transmitted diseases were an extremely pressing public health issue, so much so that Congress passed the National Venereal Disease Control Act in 1938 to help curb the spread. Ultimately, though, there could be no significant progress in the eradication of STDs without a cure. In 1947, it seemed like a cure had been found in penicillin, which was then undergoing animal tests to determine its efficacy at fighting syphilis. For some, like Surgeon General Thomas Perrin and physician John Cutler, it was too slow a process. 
They thought it should progress immediately to human experimentation, but were wary of the legality of conducting such an experiment in America. Especially so, given that at the time, Nazi doctors were being tried in Nuremberg for human experimentation. The only solution, it seemed, wasn't to not conduct the experiment, but to conduct it outside American borders. American researchers from the Public Health Service descended on Guatemala, where they believed they could operate with impunity, and began to experiment on their unknowing subjects. They paid prostitutes infected with syphilis to give it to their test subjects, who they then proceeded to observe for months while denying treatment. The targets of the tests were overwhelmingly prisoners and the mentally disabled. In some cases, the doctors did away with the complication of hiring a prostitute, instead directly injecting people with syphilis. At the time the experiments ended in 1948, about 1,300 people had been infected, just under half of which had gotten any form of treatment. 83 people died. In 2010, the United States government finally apologized. The government of Guatemala correctly calls the experimentation a crime against humanity. In 2011, seven survivors filed a class action lawsuit asking for compensation to help alleviate the massive medical expenses that further kept them in crushing poverty. In a baffling example of what's called sovereign immunity, the United States government simply decided that it would not be sued by a foreign entity and dismissed the case saying that the government could not be held responsible for anything that happened outside of the United States. John Cutler, who oversaw the experiment, would later go on to oversee the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. He faced no consequences for his actions and settled into a comfortable academic life before peacefully dying in 2003. As a matter of fact, no American researcher has ever faced criminal consequences for unethical human experimentation. Many of the victims have still yet to be even acknowledged. America's long history of unethical medical experimentation has caused irreparable damage around the globe and serves only to hurt ethical medical research and things like the coronavirus vaccine by tainting everything with a streak of mistrust and paranoia. It gives fuel to conspiracy theorists who talk about microchips and 5G, weakens our ability to fight disease, and contributes significantly to the history of medical racism that pervades American medicine. Again, I'd encourage you to do some further reading on these topics, but aside from that, I'd like to thank you for listening this week. If you enjoyed this episode, then consider subscribing or sharing with a friend. This is Alice Tucci at Hidden History, signing off.